0: Welcome to the Evolu Podcast, where we create space for real talk to learn, heal, grow, and evolve together. I'm Kimiko. And I'm Abby. We're Soul Sisters and Besties Turned Business Partners. Here on Evolu, we share our lessons learned and bring you special guests from passionate leaders, creatives, and badass women who stayed committed to their visions even when the odds were against them.
1: Each week, we bring you new episodes that give you tangible tips to create your own meaningful journey. So grab a cup of tea or a glass of wine, kick back, and join the conversation. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Evolu podcast. So last week, we promised we would continue our conversation about enhancing your creativity, uh, getting into the flow of it, and everything that encompasses that. But before we talk about how to effortlessly we want to talk about what holds us back as artists and how to start moving through those creative blocks
0: i genuinely believe an artist is someone who just creates and at the end of the Mm -hmm. day we all create the life that we want we create the things that light us up so again if you are listening to this and you're like i'm not an artist i don't paint be open here this is for you. Um, and if you're someone that definitely experiences a lot of creative blocks, this is definitely for you. Mm -hmm. So last week we started this, this new ritual, um, at the beginning of our duo episodes, and we're going to pull a card from one of my many Oracle or tarot decks. Um, and so today i decided to pull i don't know why but i felt called to this one um maybe it's because it's international women's day when we're recording this but i am pulling from the mother earth mandala oracle deck um i got this at my favorite metaphysical slash local spiritual shop here in the san francisco bay area it's on hate street it's called love ganesha i don't even want to i don't even think i want to be telling y'all this right now because that store is already busy as You're telling
1: them the secret <laughs> <laughs> the line is gonna get longer
0: i know that line is so long but like truly but it, yes that store is divine it is divine the energy in there is a go in, show respect. It is so good. Anyways, not not to go off track here, but again, this deck is so beautiful and it's just a collection of dotted mandalas. And I pulled a card today asking for guidance for our Evolu community and everyone listening. And I pulled number 44 from this deck um, and it's all about gratitude. I see a lot of like inner power, Um, a lot of green energy which has to do with your heart space and a lot of blue which has to do with your voice so it says gratitude is the first step towards abundance and awareness of the true gifts of life every day feel grateful for the priceless memories and people enlightening your journey feel thankful for the dreams coming true and for the ones that fell through feel lucky to be alive and healthy you are a giant soul and a tiny body it does not make life easy Yet, reminding ourselves of what really counts is one of the keys to accessing our consciousness accepting and seeing the beauty in all mysteries the more you send this fulfilling energy into the universe the more you will receive reasons to be grateful not just because this tiny card said so but because it is the law it is the law of attraction oh mm-hmm. when you root yourself in gratitude you are essentially putting yourself in the state or the vibration that's going to continue to attract all the things that you desire for yourself so i'm gonna leave it at that for
1: now (laughs) Mm -hmm. you said it sis (laughs) you you said it
0: (laughs) (laughs) well with that in mind let's let's talk about it let's talk about creativity and let's talk about the hard shit that comes up with being a creative person or a creative soul. Um, so Abby and I will dive into we'll talk about some of the experiences where both her and I have felt blocked, um, different ways that we are personally evolving our creativity. And then we'll move into, um, solutions or things that we've learned along the way that have helped us to, um, find more ease in our flow Abby tell us all okay first of all y'all need to know Abby is an extraordinary artist and she won't ever tell you that she will not tell you that like I'm not I'm not hyping her up I'm not sugarcoating shit like Abby is a great artist but she downplays what she does so (laughs) this is a perfect example of, uh, of tapping into your artistry and so Can you share one? Let's start off like with what your medium of choice is. How do you like to create? And when you are creating, what are some of the ways or what are some of the things that tend to get in your way during your creative process?
1: Well, first, thank you for that glowing compliment. (laughs) It's true. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean you're right a long for a long time i didn't think of myself an art as an artist or feel like an artist but but yeah i guess i can say i am so that's claim
0: it claim that claim
1: that shit
0: (laughs) you are stepping into your inner power and yes it's uncomfortable but you're doing the damn Mm -hmm. thing
1: yeah but you know, labels aside, label, labels are no, no labels. I think everyone is really is creative at heart. Um if they sure. want to be, it's there, you know, you just have to tap into it. So, um, you know, I was one of those blessed children, <laughs> I guess you could say. Um I really loved creating and art, you know, from a really young age. Um yeah, I just I remember being like in preschool and like um I, apparently I was a really good artist and like the teachers would like show the mom my art like, oh, <laughs> your daughter, she's very advanced. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess, you know, I was a gifted child, I guess you could say, Um, but, you know, fast forward to my teen and adult life. Um I was very into painting and drawing mostly um, using acrylic paints, mostly sometimes oil. those are fun. and then also um drawing, so mostly pencil drawing um, and i especially when I was in high school I, I really liked doing portraits. Mm-hmm. I liked doing portraits of people like I knew or of celebrities or, or or not even celebrities, but honestly, just people who had interesting faces and um, that had lots of character. Um, I was in AP art when I was in high school. So uh, I had to do a portfolio, you know, for my senior year to like, and if I passed, I'd get credit for college. And we had to have a theme and my theme was portraits. So that's what I did. I did portraits in different mediums, um, painting pastels, different types of paint. Um, Yeah, all kinds of stuff. So yeah, um, I guess you can say I've always been an artist, but that doesn't mean that there weren't times where I felt like you know, what I was doing wasn't good enough. Um, Especially as a teenager and as a young adult, I was very in my head about what I was doing. Um, Being in school, I would, you know, compare what I was creating, what I was drawing or painting to like my other classmates who are also very, very talented and, you know, thinking you know, my stuff wasn't as good as theirs and kind of just obsessing over the little details. Um, and I had a really hard time with that. Um, it wasn't until college when Miko and I lived together, <laughs> we would have, like, nights where we would just, like, <laughs> it was <bad>. hang out.
0: <laughs> it was just, like, art supplies all over the floors, yes. all over the tables <laughs> like all different kinds we had the munchies
1: yeah just it was great we would get <laughs> high people we would get high <laughs> and like do arts and crafts like i would paint and miko would um be doing something crafty as well but um that's when i learned that smoking weed helped me get out of my head and just get into creative flow to be honest um yeah. And, and it helped me just focus on what I was doing, what I was creating with intention and with flow rather than thinking that it looks like shit, like it's not good enough. Right. So yeah, it helped me get to like that place to just like let go of that perfectionism. And then um, as I got older, I didn't need that anymore <laughs> smoking to help me be creative, and um, and now, um, like in the past year, I picked up, um, like acrylic, like pore paintings. I'm sure maybe you've seen them like on TikTok or Instagram or YouTube, but um, it's people who put like paint in a cup and just like pour it all over a canvas and kind of just use like hair dryers and blow torches and everything to create like this beautiful like smattering of paint um and that kind of helped me let go of perfectionism because with that kind of art you can't be perfect about it Mm -hmm. because it's all about just like letting the paint paint go where it wants and kind of manipulating that with the tools that you have. But, uh, you know, in the end, you just made a really beautiful piece of art. But I think what I learned, the best thing I learned from that was just kind of trusting in the process and kind of just letting it go. Yeah. You know, where it wants to go. So,
0: yeah. yeah. So I heard, and I just want to surface and, or bring back to the surface is one, that by smoking, it helped you relax. It helped you to almost not not care less about the art, but care less and ease yourself into caring about these little things that were holding you back. Whether it was like being too detail-oriented or making you overthink, making you second-guess like the steps that you yeah. were taking in your art. And the other layer, which is on the same theme, is that in your new, your, your more newer chapter of the art that you're doing now, so like, like pouring paint, there is like a level of surrender that you have to have Mm -hmm. because when you pour, you can't control you, you know that there's things that have to happen in this style of creativity where it's out of your control.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You might choose where to put the colors, how or, you know, what kind of colors you want to use, but at the end of the day, you can't control. There's no lines that you're trying to fixate Mm -hmm. on. So I think that's really important to to bring up. Um, For me, I am a writer and a speaker at heart. What you shared about how you were saying like when you were a young artist in preschool, it reminded me of how when I was really young, like elementary through middle school, I was just like a closet writer. I was really into like creative writing. I liked writing stories. And I remember I was like in the second grade and my teacher used my story as an example um, because I used words like Burgundy to describe a dress
1: is very specific
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) great but then I also realized that in the fourth grade and in the sixth grade and in the eighth grade I also had these stories that were part of assignments that like my teachers would read out loud anonymously to the class and so I don't think that I ever like fully owned that to myself but I did find myself like really gravitating towards platforms that could allow me to write um or share pictures so Zanga, MySpace, all the things. I never had, you know, all those, all those things. I think it is part of the journey of like where I am now.
1: And now having a podcast,
0: having a podcast <laughs> as a speaker, as a like a digital content creator. Um, and my other form of uh creativity of choice is dance, which was just something that I feel like was a little bit more innate. Um, Yes, I trained. I trained. I trained. But like my love for dance is just so fluid that that's Mm -hmm. not like where my focus is as far as like, you know, going pro or anything. I do that specifically just for the love of it. But no matter what creative choice or uh, creative medium that I lean to, I think one of the things across the board that always was the theme of what blocked me or made me get in my own way was insecurity you know it was too i was when i was younger i was just way too worried about what other people would think like when even when i was that young and they were sharing my stories in class i never owned up i never owned up to it being my work even though that they were reading it anonymously in class as an example and I just didn't want other people to judge me for what I was writing. And so I wasn't fully, like, standing behind the things that I was creating, or I didn't really see that I had it in me. And so I would just overlook it and just pretend like it didn't exist. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, even in the more recent years, I I think, like, I started – getting real serious about my blogging and content creator journey in like 2016. You know, I mean, I had grown up doing that, that kind of art, like writing, photography, creating, storytelling, like that wasn't new to me. But when I started to have to like really put my, when I started to choose to put myself out there, you know, launch my own blog, um, I had to use my voice. I had to start telling my own story. It was different. It was vulnerable. Um, and I was just so worried that I was going to be judged that I would sit there and whether it was a caption or it was a blog post or whatever, I was constantly writing and rewriting it, deleting, rewriting it, deleting, rewriting it. And then by the end of two hours, I don't even know. like. By the end of the two hours, I would, yes, finally get it done, but I would be exhausted. Like something that's supposed to fill me up wasn't filling me up anymore because I spent so much time in my head Mm. judging, judging myself the entire way through, like from beginning to end. And so you're like in this
1: paralysis.
0: Yes, I was in analysis paralysis. Oh, God, that word. It's the worst. It's the worst. It's like the worst feeling. It's like. (sighs) Yes. And one of the things I have to say that 2020 taught me, but I mean, all the other years also taught me, but it wasn't until last year where I felt like I wasn't just knowing the knowledge. I was actually like integrating the knowledge into my life. And that -hmm. was self-compassion. You know, Mm -hmm. being kind to yourself and saying that you're kind to yourself versus actually being kind to yourself is like two completely different things. And for me, practicing that self-compassion, that self-acceptance, was key in both my healing, but also in my creative journey. And when I also learned, similar to what you said, Abby, how to let go, and how to understand that when we create, we can't control every piece of it, um, that that really changed how I created and made the process more enjoyable again and my work was like night and day because I wasn't beating myself up the whole way through
1: wow yeah 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 so I mean that takes a lot of I guess you can say courage to to really come to that point where you're so where you're saying like you're in this analysis paralysis and you can't like Fight through that, but then coming at the end other end of it, and having the courage to have self compassion for yourself, I think is hard for a lot of people to do, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: it's you know it I had to reframe a lot. I had to reframe a lot, but I realized that like I think that there is just like this idea that sometimes like art is created from dark places. But art Mm -hmm. can also be created from joy, and we don't have to be in dark places in order for us to create good work.
1: Yes, I agree. Totally. I mean, when I was a young, angsty teen, definitely drew a lot of my creativity from dark places for sure. Um, It fueled a lot of the weird things that I painted. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but but yeah I think exactly on the other end of it there's creating from a place of like happiness and joy um which is harder to do but you know also feels fulfill more fulfilling in that mm-hmm. way not to say that like creating from a place of Um, you know, pain or anger, frustration is bad. It's not because I think, you know, being creative when you are feeling that way is just like it's a form of therapy and it I mean, I definitely found like healing in that when I was going through really hard times and I had those feelings of being really sad or Mm -hmm. anxious or depressed or whatever at the time um just being creative and just painting just putting the paint on the canvas and just letting it go yeah you know yeah. I, it gets gets you out of your out of that pain that you're feeling and um it, it is very therapeutic
0: yeah For- I I genuinely believe creation is a form of expression and expression is a form of release. And so sometimes I think it feels easier to express when your emotions are either at a really high place or a really low place because you have Mm -hmm. so much that you are ready to pour out. Or for example, say you have a lot of pent up emotions, whether that's anger or sadness. And when you create it's almost like you're pulling it out of yourself and putting it into whatever that, you know, you're you're pulling that energy out of you and into whatever comes from it, whether it's a piece of work mm-hmm. or a poem or a song or whatever. And sometimes when we are in these more natural or these more calmer seasons of our life, you kind of feel uninspired and... I think mm-hmm. that might also get in the way, but I think it's just important to like honor the waves of of creativity, whether it is something that you are creating from an incredibly high place of joy or an incredibly low place of sadness. Um, like you said, there's no right or wrong way to do it. I think it's also um, Im- you know, important to acknowledge that. You can create at any moment. So even if you aren't feeling like super inspired, you can create a practice of creating.
1: Definitely one thing it made me think of was um, if... You're in a time where you're not really super inspired, or maybe if you want to try something new, like a, a new type of medium, but you've never done it before and you're really uncomfortable, or you're 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 trying to work through your um, your insecurities, or your your perfectionism around creativity. Do something creative that makes you feel uncomfortable. Yes. So, like for example, like like me when. I had a hard time letting go of what I was creating being perfect. That perfectionism doing poor art helped me let go of that perfectionism because, mm-hmm. like you said earlier, I couldn't control it. And there is a level of uncomfortability there because you're so used to like trying to make things look perfect in here. Like, you just can't do that. You just kind of have to let it let it go it's not gonna be perfect but it's still going to be beautiful either way yeah so so yeah like doing something that makes you feel uncomfortable will help you kind of work through Ooh. whatever it's kind of blocking you you know what i mean yes
0: yes yes thank you okay <laughs> you gave me the spark so <laughs> so no but but seriously like on that same token too i think Okay, let's bring it to this current age that we're in, this digital space of social media. And a very popular form of creativity is content creation, whether that's through photography, right? And then let's also, let's let's talk about Instagram a little bit too because I think that there is this like perfectionism that comes with the content creator world, especially if you get trapped in certain pockets of it. Never again, but like... <laughs> It is the most paralyzing feeling to feel like you have to present a perfect picture of yourself on social media. And that is just simply like not real. And so I've seen this time and time again with a lot of digital content creators who get into this cycle of analysis paralysis, who feel like they have to be perfect. And so on the same theme of what you're saying, which is do something that makes you uncomfortable. I know this sounds silly for those that like may not curate your feeds, but I, I, but for those that are creating and just feel this like pressure of perfectionism, hear me out. Break your fucking feed. Like break your feed and do not make it feel like you have to be perfect in what you post or what you create. I I really genuinely feel like, yes, it's nice to look at something cohesive, but I've seen so many people feel like their self-worth is tied to how well that they create on platforms like Instagram. Yeah, And you as a creative, you are not defined By your vanity metrics you are not defined Mm -hmm. by how many followers you have the only thing that you need to do is show up as yourself yep courageously enough to share what inspires you to share your story and that's it and for some maybe you know it attracts bigger audiences for some maybe it attracts a more intimate a more
1: mm-hmm.
0: inviting environment and it is okay you, you, there's no one size fits all and everyone keeps chasing these like milestone numbers like 1k 5k 10k you know yeah,
1: yeah i think what you're accurately describing is being authentic mm-hmm. <laughs> being authentic online people will notice yeah. when you are not Being authentic or yourself, because you know, like you're saying, if you're if you're trying to curate that like perfect looking feed, sure you're attracting a certain type of audience, but is that the audience that you want and that relates to you the most for who you really are? Whereas if you are creating from a place of authenticity and being yourself, then you are attracting other people who are in that same mindset of you. that's And then right. we're getting into law of attraction, right? Yes,
0: exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. You know, like, and I think that this, this whole wave, I mean, obviously, as we're speaking of this, it's already, I mean, if you're asking me honestly, like it's kind of dying out. This whole feeling of like, this whole influencer wave. There are still, okay, don't get me wrong. There's still people who are influential out there. But if you're someone that is just like, trying to be an influencer but you don't have a purpose of what you're influencing or you aren't an expert in something like what are you what are you doing are you doing like what is your intention behind behind it and I just think in it now more than ever you know 2020 has illuminated this light on all the things that are not working and people see right through that like that is just not working anymore and um anyways I know that we (laughs) wasn't really part of like The topic, but I think it is very tied to blocks of creativity because there's just like this idea that you have to create a certain way. But like you said, if you are creating the way that everyone else is telling you to do this, you are not going to attract the people who genuinely gravitate to you and your unique vibration, period. Mm -hmm. You're just going to attract other people who are following the same formula. And I... I can't You're just being a cookie you. cutter, right. I can't tell yeah. you enough. like if there's anything the last three years, four years of my life have taught me is to like really take the time to understand like what your story is, what is your experience about, what is your message and putting that out there, you know, and then putting that out there and not feeling the pressure to assimilate to the other ways that people create everyone has a different and very unique way of creating and sometimes instagram starts to like confuse what that creative process looks and feels like yeah so yeah i'm gonna I'm a tie it back to you know something that abby said last week when we were um talking about burnout but it's also relevant here you have to define success on your own terms you have to define success on your own mm-hmm. terms and you have to define your own creativity on your own terms mm-hmm.
1: yeah creativity is like a fingerprint
0: it is
1: you know it's unique to you
0: yeah there's no and one no
1: one else has the same
0: exactly there's no one else that can do it like you even if there's someone out there that does the same thing as you. You have your own flavor. You have your own spice, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <And> <laughs> your own spice, but it's true. And
1: it was salt bay, that spice.
0: Well, salt bay, that spice. <laughs> um, and as you know, as as cliche as that can sound, you know, at the end of the day, it's true. Um, And the more authentic you are, the more comfortable you are with sharing what that unique thing is to you, the more people are going to see it. And um, Mm -hmm. but that also means that, you know, that comes within our work, too, that comes with being compassionate to yourself, surrendering Mm -hmm. with uh, not being able to control everything, Um, and understanding that like some ideas come and some ideas don't stay long, but we just have to honor the creativity as it flows in and out of our life. And I think we've said this in a previous episode too, but, um, allowing it to evolve or like allowing your creativity to transmute over Mm -hmm. time when you're feeling called to change.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And it could change over the years. I mean, Miko and I have done so many different creative projects together. So I think, you know, that's just, you know, we're, and now we're doing a podcast. So I just think we're at another stepping stone of our own creative evolution. Yeah. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen next?
0: Yeah. You have to, it's so important to normalize change and growth and evolution. You know, I think for so long, everyone has been taught that, you know, especially the generation before us, I feel like they are, people who have done the same thing for a long period of time. And I think now it's it's really important to think about, especially if you're someone who is multi-passionate, like different seasons of life are going to call different things of you. And you got to normalize letting go of things when it's time to let go of things and letting them yeah. change over time. Um, and as long as mm-hmm. you keep showing up as yourself through every single time that changes then you're doing it right
1: you're good yeah if you want to hear more about that and you (laughs) haven't listened yet go listen to our first episode the our three lessons or three different businesses that 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 we've had together yeah I totally forgot what the episode's called but it's the first (laughs) one and it's exactly (laughs) that's exactly what it's It's exactly (laughs) what this is about
0: if you want to hear more about that Go over there. We just got, we just got so inspired. That's all, you know. know you just got to – Sometimes you just got to go, and the conversation with it. pulls you in.
1: Um, you got to flow. You got to follow see? that flow. You got to follow your flow. <laughs> so, what are other other ways, other ways that we can unblock creativity? So, we, we've talked about a few.
0: Well, one one other way that I think, if if someone is, you don't have to be a writer for this one, but one of the practices that I feel has been really helpful. Um, is The Practice of morning Pages. Uh, you might know this. Some of you might be familiar with this from The Artist's Way. It is a book um, by Julia Cameron, and it's all about the spiritual path to higher creativity and how essentially it's it's almost like a book that's a course where you discover and recover your creative self. So it's a lot about unraveling the things that might hold you back from insecurities to thinking that other people are weighing you down. Just There's like every chapter, it works through deeper and deeper layers of things that hold you back. And part of the practice of morning pages is that when you wake up every single morning, you pull out a journal, you keep it by your bedside, and you let your brain dump three pages worth of whatever it is that comes out of your head. So it's unfiltered. It is like anything that comes up in your head, even if it's not a complete sentence, you write it down and you just let your your mind take up three pages. So one of the things you'll realize is that it's actually really hard at first because you find yourself wanting to filter what you write down. And what this does is helps you practice and unlearn that filtering process. Because every time you come up with a reason not to write something down, that's actually you stopping yourself or you're filtering yourself of what you're trying to create. So it's almost like practicing this muscle in our head of resistance and practice, it helps us to create a practice of flow. So definitely look into that. This book, I'm going to share two books if you are looking to enhance your creativity. You need one of, you need both of these books. Um, The first one that I mentioned is The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, which is all about the spiritual path to higher creativity. The second one is Big Magic, and Abby knows that I am obsessed with this book. I finished this, like, I don't always read a book front to back, page to page. Sometimes I, like, always go the audible route, but this one is, like, holy grail.
1: That's a good one. You gave me your first copy, and and then you bought it again.
0: I did. <laughs> That's exactly you did. what happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I did give Abby my first copy, but it's so good. It's by Elizabeth Gilbert. Um, and it's called Creative Living Beyond Fear. And I feel like every day di- mm-hmm. every time I read a new chapter, I was like, Ooh. You know when you read a book and you're just like, Ooh, I that, felt this.
1: That book I felt I-, I feel like led to Victoria and Marie. Mm-hmm. I remember being really inspired by that and we were reading that at that time another book that I actually read during mm-hmm. that time as well um, was Girl Boss
0: mm-hmm.
1: by um I Sophia Amoroso mm-hmm. the uh owner the person who created Nasty Gal yeah it was how she started Nasty Gal and I really enjoyed that book too. So so that one was a good one of of how she started like from the ground up, like thrifting at stores like in San Francisco and like selling out of like, like a garage or something. And, um, and then, oh no. And then she was selling on eBay. That's what she was doing. She Mm, was selling vintage pieces on ebay and then um it, it grew into what you know today is nasty gal so that that was also really inspiring as far as like um wanting to like start like a a business and in that way and that's i, I feel how that led for us to do victorian yeah. marie so we were both inspired in different ways at yeah that
0: time. <laughs> yeah so there's some book recommendations for y'all um at least those, I think, were some pivotal ones that came up for us when it came to, like, getting the energy to get up and do things yeah. and, you know, put skin in the game and, and, and just go after it. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we're so glad you're here. If you enjoyed today's episode, screenshot this and share it on Instagram and send it to a friend. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. It would mean the world to us.
1: If you want to learn more about Evolu, check out our website or DM us on Instagram. The links are in the show notes below. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here next week.